Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Well, welcome back to the golf show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. I am Mike Dorich. I'm your host each week. And you, listen, you can listen to 93.7 The Fan through September 25th for your chance to win a copy of NBA 2K21. This year... My players will start in high school, then go to one of 10 officially licensed colleges, and then on to NBA stardom. Um, Rex Rex Hoggard has covered golf for a long time. Um, He is uh, in the know on on what's going on and um, has been keeping an eye this week on the Open and wing foot and and all of those things. And... uh, I'm glad that Rex has been able to join me this morning before getting out and finding out what's going on on the golf course. Good morning, Rex. How are you? Good morning, Mike. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, give us a uh, like a uh, global look at, at the week at Wingfoot. I think this was going to be like everything else this season, like everything else it seems like this year. It was going to be different, right? I mean, September U.S. Open, uh, we all know Wingfoot. We all know what this course is. It's a U.S. Open blue blood. You come here, you get, you get your thick rough, you get your slick greens, you get everything that we grew up watching, difficult U.S. Open conditions. But we didn't know what it was, that was going to be like in September. We always see it in June. We always see it on Father's Day. We know what that looks like, but we didn't know what this was going to look like. And so. I think everyone's been pleasantly surprised that we got here, and, and it was the same U.S. Open test that we all wanted. And granted, Thursday the scores were a little bit easier than I think people probably thought. But yesterday they came around, and we fully expect that to be the case over the weekend. I mean, it's just going to get more and more difficult. I think there's five players on the par right now. Honestly, I'll be stunned if there's any players on the par by the end of the week, simply because the golf course is getting so much more difficult. As far as the leaderboard, it, it is what we knew golf was at the moment, I guess, was how, how I would explain it. I mean, Patrick Reed has played phenomenal golf this year. Justin Thomas has played phenomenal golf this year. You can keep going on and on down the list. It's the cast of normal characters, so that I'm not surprised with at all. It has been, um, and we don't need to spend any time on it, it, it has been a different year. You know, we'll never see anything like this again. I hope. Um, no fans there. You know, you hear different theories about that. It helps the players. It doesn't help them. And it's all an individual thing. 
you know, um, no fans maybe is a good thing for Patrick Reed because he won't be heckled. Um, you know, other guys, they need fans to, to get their motor running. Where where are you with the no fans? Uh, well, it's still strange. It's still surreal. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to it, especially at, you know, a major championship. I, I, I know at the PGA Championship a few weeks ago, it really didn't hit me until Sunday when Colin Morikawa was doing those amazing things late on Sunday, and it was just silent. And it's just weird, and I, I kind of didn't like it, and we did a podcast the next day about it. And I was sort of complaining about it, but then it dawned on me that I'm at home watching the NBA playoffs. I'm at home watching baseball. We're watching football now. And the TV-only product doesn't look that different to me. And so it kind of dawned on me that even though being on site, it, it doesn't seem the same, I think watching at home, anyone who's watched the first two rounds this week, what they're seeing is what they've come to expect from the U.S. Open as it applies to the players I think you're absolutely right. It's completely individual. I think we have seen a palpable impact on a player like Tiger Woods or Rory McIlroy or Paul Casey, where they have told me that, look, we I hate this. Like, they hate being out there without fans. They draw on the energy. They they love either being heckled or being cheered. You know, it's both sides of the same coin there. And yeah. it, it, they don't want to make excuses, but they certainly say that it's hard to get motivated. It's hard to get going. The opposite of that is go back to Colin Morikawa, and not maybe not so much at Harden Park, but when he won the first event at Mirfield Village earlier this summer, the workday open in that playoff, when Justin Thomas makes a 66-footer on the first playoff hole, under normal circumstances, there's fans on that hill surrounding that green that go crazy, and yeah. he's probably waiting five minutes to take his turn at a birdie putt, which he makes. But with fans on the hill and with all the pandemonium and everything that goes into it, I think there is, I don't want to say easier, but it's certainly an element that players don't have to deal with now. Yep, yep. And, you know, trying to win a major championship, there's plenty of things to deal with, and if fans aren't one of them, well, okay. Just go, the, the important thing is what they do in between the ropes. Um, and um, I think these next two rounds are going to be um, – you know, as 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 good a golf as we're going to see on a on a great course like this, um, it's set up for. You know, look at the leaderboard. You see the names. Um, I just had Bob Ford on uh, in the last segment. You know, he said a guy like Webb Web Simpson is just lurking around, and there are a bunch of guys that are just lurking. And you expect the leaders to come back um, as it gets more and more difficult, and. Who knows what we might be seeing um, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon. Um, so that's what makes the U.S. Open fun. I can't believe you made me come on after Bob Ford. That's like going on stage after the Beatles. You can't do that to me, Mike. Well, but you're in the same show, so that that's, that gives you something, doesn't it? But, absolutely, but I can't follow Bob Ford. That's that's the most <laughs> humble brag I've heard all morning long. <laughs> he's um, He's something else, as you know. And um, always has an interesting perspective, uh, just like you do, and that's why I keep bugging you to come on my show. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna switch the interview here real quick and, and just throw this one at you because this has come up numerous times. And being how this is something close to your heart, as far as most difficult major venues, and of course Carnegie mm-hmm. comes up and Wingfoot is in the conversation. But you and Bob Ford have a dog in the fight, so I'm just curious watching this event and having. I think I'm pretty sure you probably would have covered the 2006 Open. 
at Wingfoot. What are your thoughts on and is how does Oakmont and Wingfoot compare as far as sort of king of that hill? Um, the one thing that I've thought is that yes, Wingfoot's bunkers are difficult, but Oakmont's bunkers are are to me much more difficult because they're all you know have the big lips in front and if you play there and you're a knucklehead like somebody I know and uh, get mad at once in a while, your intention is, well, yeah, I can get that out of there going straight toward the hole. Well, nine times out of ten, you can't. And then you're doing it again. Um, I think from what I remember and what I'm seeing now, I think the bunkers at, at Wingfoot are a little more forgiving. Not that they're easy. But I, I think they're they're more difficult at Oakmont. And trying to, you know, pick one or two, who's who's number one, who's number two, you know, that's like trying to to, to judge a a beauty contest. Um, those are two great golf courses, and they come at you in two different ways. And I have, you know, I I'm prejudiced because I'm 25 miles from Oakmont. And, and I've gotten to play there, and I know what a beast it is. Um, so I'd say one and one A. Yeah, all right, I'll take that. I, I, I figured you'd straddle the fence on that one, but it, it was a curious conversation. Yeah, I mean, and how, how do you judge them, you know, definitively? I don't think you can. Um, no, I don't think you can. And, and, and look, I think they're both demanding golf courses. I think you said it best. They both keep coming at you. There's no no let up. Um, the green complexes are, are the thing that kind of really make them one and one a, I guess, in my mind. Because oh, I yeah. don't remember, you know, 14 years is a long time since sure I've been is. here. And when I first got on property and walking around and seeing the hills and swales and bumps and elephants that seem to be buried in some of these greens. Here at Wingfoot, I think that's you know the, the challenges are very very similar as far as what you sort of want to exhale when you get finally get a ball on a green and then you realize that now it's really just now starting. Yeah, those I, I did not remember all of that about the greens. Um, I knew they were difficult, but I couldn't remember all those slopes and humps and I mean it, it'll probably it'll drive some of these guys crazy by the time uh, Sunday evening gets here. Well. Um, even though you you uh, you had to follow uh, our, our friend Mr. Ford, uh, I do appreciate you coming on with me this morning. Uh, as always, enjoy the conversation, and uh, have a nice two days up there in Mamaroneck, New York. And thanks, uh, thanks for having me on. All right, Rex, we'll talk down the road. You bet. That's Rex Hargood from Golf Channel. He wrote a really nice piece today about uh, Phil Mickelson. Uh, you ought to check that out. But now, speaking of checking out, I have to check out. Thanks for listening this morning. We'll be back at you next week. We'll go back over the open a little bit to see what finally happened in those two days. Hope you have a great week, and we will talk to you next Saturday. You've been listening to The Golf Show on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan.